Good morning to everybody. Our gospel lesson this morning is from Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 11 and 16 through 20. Glory to you, O Lord. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone along the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return back to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God is near you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet, we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. He who listens to you listens to me. He who rejects you rejects me. But he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy so nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Here ends the gospel. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. So last night I debated about being up there or talking down here, and I just feel so much closer to everybody to be down here. And I also was speaking a little bit off my script and kind of went a little bit long. I will try not to do that to you all this morning. Um, I appreciated the critiques I got letting me know that because that's what it's all about. So, Paul, if you, uh, oh good, you got the spirit prayer, you're on, on track. We're going to share the Holy Spirit prayer as Pastor always does. Please join me. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in your consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. So while I was doing some research for the, talking about the gospel today, I came across a really a saying that spoke to me, 
And so I sent it to Paul yesterday morning, and because he's so wonderful with PowerPoint, uh, he fixed it up so it would, would show up really good on your screens. But I chose this background for a reason. Okay, imagine this water falling down and the green trees around. I thought that would really set the mood because we haven't seen any water in so long here, right? We just need some rain so bad. So for this image, you can have some green and some nice tumbling waterfalls, if you like, and imagine that in your head. This saying really spoke to me, and I think it relates to the 72, some Bibles say 72, some say 70. For my interpretation, I'm going to use 70. Because there were 70 Gentile nations, according to what I've read, and Moses had 70 kind of advisors. So I think 70 is a significant number. So anyway, I chose this. Faith helps us climb the stairs that love has built and looks out the windows that hope has opened. I felt like this really helped translate the gospel well because those 70 must have had, had to have some faith and trust in Jesus, the way he just sent them out, right? So let's begin this by raising your hand if you think everything happens for a reason. You think that everything happens to, in your life and the people around you for a reason? All right. So now let me ask you this. Do you think that reason is God? Some do, some don't, and it's okay if you're not sure. Gives you something to think about. This quote on the screen tells us a little bit about those 70, I think. How do you think they felt when Jesus said, go? He just said, go immediately, like, I need you to set the way and prepare the way for me. Don't take, don't take any provisions. Don't take a bag. Don't take sandals. Don't take food. All right, I don't know about you, but when I get ready to go somewhere, journey somewhere, I, I need to have purse, wallet, you know, uh, clothing for the next day, a snack for the ride, I got to have a snack in the car, right? So they had nothing. They had to rely on the fact that things would be provided for them. That is faith. That's trusting. Jesus is going to make it all okay while they're traveling in the hot dust on the sand and with no sandals. Now, I don't know if you know, but in that, those days, walking was kind of it for getting around, and people would actually carry an extra pair of sandals for when the pair they had on their feet wore out. So now they're supposed to go with no sandals? Think about how they felt. Do you think that they might be a little anxious or nervous? I would be. I don't know about you, but I would be a little bit nervous, but then remember, my faith is going to get me there because I know Jesus built that staircase of my journey, my life path, that he put me on for a reason. This journey was for a reason. He had to prepare the, they had to prepare the way for him to come. His time was short. So Jesus' love built 
those steps as a foundation. And so imagine they knock at a door of a town. Are they a little nervous and anxious whether what happens when the door opens? Or did they really have the hope that says, we're going to be accepted because Jesus sent us? I'm not sure how much you think about because this sharing of the peace that we do, but when they enter, they say, peace be with you. Back then, in those days, that was a greeting like a handshake is, is in these days. It meant something. And I want you to think about that the next time you are sharing the peace. It's a gift. It's a gift to share the peace with each other. You and I in this room and anyone in your life that you know is a believer, it's your job and my job to be those 70 disciples and spread the good news, especially now in the way the world is these days, right? It's, it's, it's just unimaginable what's going on and what we can do, but the little things matter. So let me tell you a little, quick little couple personal stories about how the little things really matter. I have a friend that I used to teach with in Kentucky. Her name is Robin. And I will confess that Robin put me back on that staircase when I had completely gone off on a different way. Um, now, I was raised in a strict Lutheran church, went to Sunday school. Mom was active in that church back in Pennsylvania where I grew up and went to confirmation, but it was a chore to go. I never said that to her, but it was. I wish I would have taken it more seriously, but God hadn't prepared me yet. So in my adult life was when I took my faith more seriously and it's because of Robin. Back in my early 40s, and still now, I'm sure most of you know, I have serious back pain all the time from degenerative disc disease. And I was teaching and struggling through each day, trying to be good to the kids because I thought that's what my mission was. God put me on that on this earth to care about kids and teach them in a loving way. That's what I, I did and I enjoyed it. But my pain was getting really bad and, and you know, I'm sure most of you know what painkillers do. They kind of make you fuzzy in the brain and I couldn't go to school and be fuzzy and then the kids go home and say, gosh, Miss Hales was acting kind of like she had too many to drink before school, mom, I don't know. And you know, that would cause all kinds of uproar. So, I didn't take them very often. But Robin saw this struggle and she invited me to a retreat at her church. Now, I had not 
after getting married and starting my teaching job, I had gotten away from going to church. And I wish that wasn't so, but everything happens for a reason. And I think God just figured I wasn't ready, that I was too devoted to teaching, whatever. So Robin invited me and I went. And I will never forget how those people accepted me, a complete stranger that didn't know, and I cried because the pastor and his wife prayed with me in the pew in front of the congregation. Everybody, they saw my need, and they were the 70 and said, it's okay, Jesus loves you, and Jesus is going to help take away your pain. So I got involved in that church, thanks to Robin. And yes, it was just as good as a painkiller that you swallow with water. You know, it was better. Still had the pain, but I did their Sunday school. I helped with their youth confirmation. I got involved and I went to their fellowship events. Just being surrounded by those people like you makes it okay and it's like the pain is there but it, I don't notice it because you are spreading his word whether you realize it or not. So Jesus told them um, in this gospel passage the harvest is plenty but the workers are few. So how many of you know about farm country up north and in the Midwest and when the harvest is ready, you better get in that combine and get that corn out of the field because it's only ready and perfect once. And especially if you know the rain's coming, you gotta be out there day and night, even after dark with the big lights, getting that corn harvested. Well, that's the urgency that Jesus felt and wanted those 70 to have, to feel. Do you think there's urgency now? Think about that. I say yes indeed there is that urgency now. But I know that, but finding a way to share the message and spread the word is two different things, are two different things, and, and I admit, I have no problem praying with someone if they ask me, but if I don't know the person is accepting, sometimes I just make up my mind, well, I can't talk to this person about God's word because I'm not sure, I think their reaction is gonna be they won't take it anyway, so why bother? And, and I'm mad at myself for that. That's one of the things I confess when we confess in, in the morning. What do I need to do, Lord, to help myself share and spread the good news? So let's, let's think about your neighborhood. Let's pretend we're the 70 in your own neighborhood. Raise your hand if you can name, name eight people in your neighborhood. All right, okay, how about four people? All right, 
I can, but maybe like some of you, my neighbors, my immediate neighbors, most of them are snowbirds, so they're up north right now. I let that distract me sometimes and say, well, I can't really be a, a good benefit to them because they're only here four months out of the year. And that's, that's an excuse. Shouldn't be, shouldn't be the way I think. So I have to remind myself and hope maybe that you remind yourself what it feels like to see when you know God has acted in somebody's life. Maybe they got better after being really sick and you just know it's because you prayed for them. Think about what kind of joy that is. When the 70 came back, they were so joyful. Because, wow, they felt powerful. We cast out demons. So I have to ask myself, and you have to ask yourself, are we walking alongside somebody that needs that healing? Or maybe there is a demon. You don't have to think you're as powerful as they did when they came back. All you have to know is... I know that the love of Jesus built that staircase in this person's life. They just may not realize it yet because God has transformed all of us. If you're here in this church this morning on a holiday weekend, God bless you, you are transformed because you know where your priorities are in life. And I'm talking to those people out there too because if you're watching or even if you're listening some other time later on on YouTube, that shows your trying and your willingness to see this urgency that we need to walk alongside people no matter what their struggles are. So ask yourself... Do you want to be one of those people who walks alongside someone on that staircase and helps them when they stumble and fall so that they can reach the top and see that there is hope or reach a level on the staircase where they feel some hope and they start to feel the fresh air from the windows? Because the saying doesn't say, reach the top where the windows open. It's just some hope, something for him. There are many, many things that you can do to touch people's lives, and they don't have to be big things. I'm delivering the, flower, the altar flowers after church. And that usually brings a smile to whoever's turn it is to get them or whoever can't make it to church and we take them the, the flowers. That is the same as the 70 spreading the word. Even that little action. So I know that a lot of you ask, well, 
but we're getting older and we need the young people to do things. That is very true. We want to reach more youth. They are the leaders of, of tomorrow, right? I have a quick story that I found when I was researching this gospel. There was a young man, I found this on navigators.org in case you want, there's a lot uh, there, that, there are a lot of groups out there that are spreading the word, trying to spread it to young people. So I was reading about what they were doing and this uh, college, not college, uh, high school soccer player decided he wanted to get an, a fellow teammate's attention so that he might join him in some youth activities at their church. So he told him a story from Judges 3. Now, I hadn't ever read this particular passage because I have, I confess I have not done the whole Bible. And I know that's on one of my things I need to do. So in this chapter, there's a fellow by the name of Ehud, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his name, that doesn't matter. But he stabbed a king, King Eglon, with a sword that had been hidden in his, on a strap on his thigh. So the king was quite surprised, but the way it's described in the Bible is pretty gory. So this young soccer player decided he was going to get his fellow teammates attention and intrigue and told him what the Bible said when the king got stabbed, it says his bowels discharged. Okay, for us, that's kind of gross, right? But for a high school athlete, that's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And so the boy said, the Bible says that, really? Well, that was enough intrigue to speak to that young man on his level. He started joining his teammate at some youth activities at their church. So whatever you got to do to intrigue someone, go for it. So it's up to us to be the ones to help the people that stagger on their staircase of life and spread God's word that it's okay to fall. It's okay to have a ter terrible month when you think nothing is going to go right and want to give up. But you have to just remember that Jesus' love built that staircase. So when those 70, I said, I remind you that when those 70, <clears throat> excuse me, came back, they were super excited and bragging, like, wow, we cast out demons. But Jesus said, don't focus on that. Don't get big-headed and focus on that. Wow, you had all this power. What you need to focus on is that your name is written in heaven. So ask yourself if you're going to be held accountable and will there be a judgment day? Amen. Please join in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. 
the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you that gift of peace. Amen. Amen.